Today, uh, I'm going to be talking, I, I, I was reading through 2 Chronicles um, 18. How, how many of you guys ever read the word and something just jumps off the page at you? And it's just that the word should be constantly doing that in our quiet times and alone time. I've read this verse, I've read this chapter probably a dozen times, and then that one time God puts revelation in it, and it's just like, hey, he expounds it in, into, uh, into, into my spirit. So today we're going to be talking about whose voice are you willing to listen to? I'm going to pray real quick. Father, we just love you so much. Jesus, we honor you. We know that you are king of our lives, king of our heart. And God, I pray that today, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just open us up, do some surgery on us. Lord God, I pray that you would work on our spirit, Lord God, to to be more obedient in our daily walk with you, to draw closer and closer to you. In Jesus' holy, precious, and mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I got a question I want to open up with is uh, when God speaks to us, do we tend to to have a biased ear to what we want to hear from him instead of what we need to hear from him? Um, Do we turn a blind eye to uncomfortable truths God is trying to get through to us? So today we're going to be unpacking uh, 2 Chronicles 18. I'm not going to read everything because it would take a lot longer to read through everything. So I challenge you uh, in in your quiet times, read over this. Read read over it really, really carefully and really slowly. Um, to kind of ingest everything that there's going on, everything that's going on in, in, in uh, chapter 18. So um, we're going to be asking ourselves, do we have some characteristics of the people portrayed in this chapter, such as, everybody say, Jehoshaphat. Yeah, it says Jehoshaphat. I've, I've always heard of Jehoshaphat. That was a, a bad king back in the day. But this one, he's actually a good king. Everybody say, Ahab. Ahab. All right, he was a bad king. We're going to talk about him. Everybody say, the 400 Baal prophets. And then Micaiah. All right. So we're going to take a look. Second Chronicles 18 tells us a story of Jehoshaphat, a good king and a follower of Yahweh. Uh, he was reigning over the southern kingdom of Judah. Ahab was a ruler, evil ruler, of the northern kingdom of Israel. And then during the first part of this chapter, Ahab actually asked um, Jehoshaphat, to join forces with him in attacking this, uh, this city called Ramoth-Gilead. So at this point, Jehoshaphat has, had already developed a really close relationship with Ahab, which is an evil king, which is already a red flag in the first place. All right? So, and he actually said, hey, when, when I join you, there's no question that I will join you. In 2 Corinthians 18, 3 through 4, it says, Jehoshaphat replied, why, of course, you and I are as one, and my troops are your troops, we will certainly join you in battle. Then Jehoshaphat added, this is the only thing that's good. He says, but first, let's find out what the Lord says. All right, so my first point is Jehoshaphat's alignment with Ahab. Could we, at times, be uh, the character of Jehoshaphat in this story? So the LASB, the life application notes, say that Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, the, the southern king, southern kingdom who was deeply committed to God, but he arranged for the son, his son to marry Athaliah, which is the daughter of wicked King Ahab of Israel. They were that close. They were like, hey, I really like you a lot, and we're going to be in covenant with each other. We're going to arrange for our daughter and her son to get married. Ah, I know, disgusting. (laughs) What are you thinking? And then made a military alliance with him. Jehoshaphat's popularity and power made him attractive 
to the cunning and opportunistic Ahab. So Ahab was over here looking at Jehoshaphat. He was successful. He was a good dude. He was really kind. And he says, I want to join forces with that guy. But he had, he had ulterior motives. So let's talk about what this alliance did. So there's three really horrible things that this, this alliance did. Number one is it incurred, God, incurred God's anger in verses 19, um, chapter 19, verse 2. It says, because of what you have done, the Lord is very angry with you. Number two, nearly destroyed all of David's descendants in verse uh chapter 22, 10 through 12. Y'all can read this, because if I read it, we'll just be here forever. Then brought the evil practices of Israel into Judah, which eventually led to the nation's downfall. So the often, uh, God oftentimes warns us as believers to not team up with evil. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can I live with how can light live with darkness and then this um life application study notes on this says paul urges believers to not team up with those who are unbelievers that is to form binding partnerships or relationships with unbelievers it's not talking about just casual hey how's it going and having a relationship with with unbelievers how many know that god has called us to have at least a relationship with the lost right because we wouldn't be able to minister to to the, you know, we'd just be ministering to Christians. <laughs> we want all people to come to Christ. So he's talking about partnerships, deep, intimate relationships with unbelievers because this might weaken their Christian commitment, integrity, and standards. It would be a mismatch. This is, this is an illustration that I used to do in, in youth ministry where if you just came to Christ and you're like teamed up with unbelievers your whole life, the majority of your friendships are unbelievers. Or maybe you're a girl, you have your girlfriend or your boyfriend that is an unbeliever, and you're new to Christ. You, you kind of have your baby pampers on as a Christian. Every once in a while, you're, as pastor said, when he first got saved, he slipped out a couple of words. He makes sure that nobody was looking around. But you're kind of a baby. You're going to lose your temper. You're going to say some things you don't mean. And so you're wanting to bring everybody with you into this relationship with God. God has changed your life. But then once you start hanging out with these people, you find yourself falling back into those sins. And it's an illustration of where, say this was a, a chair. You're up on this chair, you're, you're with God, and you're like, God, I thank you, Lord, that I, I just, you've called me to be a mission to my girlfriend or my boyfriend, and I'm going to bring them up with me. Your, your intentions are really good. But if a person was down here trying to, and I was trying to pull them up, the weight of pulling them up, it's so easy for them to just yank me down because I'm not established in my walk with Christ. And so that's why it's so important to be in a small group. Whenever you first get saved, it is so vital to your relationship with God that you surround yourself with the majority of believers that can encourage you, that can speak truth into your life. And it's good to have mentors that will speak truth to you. And I'll be talking about this as well, to not just be your friend, because I have plenty of friends. I need mentors. I need people that are going to shoot me straight. How many guys have people that can just shoot you straight when you think you're all that, and they just, you're not all that. <laughs> Let me just tell you what you really need to hear. And so we need, we need those people in our lives. So leadership, I'm going to talk, talk to moms and dads. Um, Mom and dad, you are the king and queen of your home. People or habits you are teaming up with could bring things into your home, which is spirits. 
okay, that could potentially destroy your family. It could be things on your tablet. It could be things that you're watching on the TV. I was talking to uh, my cousin last night, and uh, we were, t- man, I'll tell you what, man. Whenever you link up with somebody that's a believer, isn't it just so awesome when you're talking with them? I tell you, it was just, it gets char- I get charged up talking about Jesus. And we were talking, and he said, man, you know what? There's certain things I just don't allow my, on my TV anymore because of my commitment with Jesus. I used to watch all this hokey mess with ghosts and, and all this mess. He's like, I, I won't allow it into my home anymore because of my standard with Jesus now. And so it was just really cool. He was taking charge of being a king of his home. And so dads, moms, be vigilant about what is on your children's iPad, iPhone, what they're watching, because I'm telling you, it, what goes in the eye gate and what goes in the ear gate can potentially destroy your home, okay? So I just, I want to challenge you. Uh, have we become like Jehoshaphat? We've, you know, embarked in a new relationship with Jesus. We're totally transformed with God. We're passionately in love with Jesus. And all of a sudden, like, just little bit by little bit, we don't just fall back into rebellion. It's just little compromises here, little compromises there that we go back into our old life. And sometimes we don't even realize how far we are away from God. And so we're hooked on drugs like we used to or hooked on pornography like we used to. And we're like, how, do, how did I get here? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little compromises on a daily basis that end up, I think the illustration of uh, if, if you're on an airplane and you're some, the autopilot is set to like Miami, Florida, all right? And the pilot gets in the air. Most of the time, those pilots really don't fly. They just put it on all the pilot, and then they just kind of got, if there was just a inch off starting uh, that, that flight, by the end of that flight, it could be in Guam. <laughs> I mean, completely off. And so it's good to have somebody in your life speaking truth. If you're getting off kilter, hey, you know what? You probably should be going there with that person They tend to just draw you away from God, okay? You probably need to be here, or you just need to cut off that relationship with that person, okay? Um, And so we really, and then little bit by little, we've compromised our core beliefs and convictions to either appease our flesh or blend in with the culture around us. So for some of us, we know what we're doing is sinful, we know exactly. We have that conviction. We know when we're engaging in whatever we're doing, we know that it's simple and wrong, but we just want to take the, the easy road. We don't want to take the road of least resistance, okay? And sometimes doing the right thing is, is really, really hard. It's going against the culture. It's going against our flesh. So why was Jehoshaphat align, aligning with a wicked king in Ahab for the first place? Wait, when, when we align ourselves with people that are openly against God, whether it be friendships, business deals, etc., you will see yourself slowly start to compromise just like Jehoshaphat did. And then little decisions of compromise can slowly erode and destroy the blessings of God in our lives, such as, I would say, blessings of relationships, um, family, family members getting back together, um, even your own ministry. You're starting in your own ministry and if little compromises creep in, it can totally, I can't tell you how many pastors have been caught in affairs or caught in serious sin, and they're not in ministry anymore. And also job opportunities. So Satan always goes for the jugular, which is our character. How many guys know what your character is? Raise your hand if you know what that character, what, what, is, what is your character? 
That's right. It's the true you when no one else is looking. So you can be all smile and Jesus in church, but then when you go home, you're a completely different thing, person. Or you're going out with that one friend or that couple of friends, and you're a completely different person. See, you know, Satan goes after our character, and if he can get to our character and get us to compromise, he'll totally destroy us from the inside out and eventually in every area of our life. So, I mean, guys, I've ever heard of the, the song, It's a Slow Fade by Casting Crowns. It's a, it's a really good song. Um, it talks about how sin and compromise come in, and it's, it starts with just a little compromise. Uh, my mom always said, uh, I think it was like in, in, uh, in kitty litter, like if you just, you had, you know, poop in kitty litter, that's disgusting. Well, if you had like a little, like, like brownie, you're baking, you're baking a brownie, all right? So you're baking this chocolate and all that stuff, but you just put just a little bit of dookie in there. <laughs> I mean, the majority of it, I mean, it's, it's, it's good and it's chocolate, but there's a little bit of cat poop in there that's absolutely disgusting. Like, would you eat it? Absolutely not. So that's what a little bit of comfort, but just think about that. Every time you eat a brownie, you're like, man, there could be poop in here. <laughs> I didn't even have that in my notes, y'all. That just came out. That was from God, y'all. That was from God. All right. <laughs> so the enemy is all about destroying your kingdom, quote unquote. Everything you've built, everything you've put your heart, heart work and heart blood and, and effort into, just like he was all about destroying Jehoshaphat's kingdom, and eventually he succeeded, unfortunately. So if Jehoshaphat could only see the end at the beginning, he would have never aligned himself with Ahab's family. Okay? So Second Chronicles 22.10, it says, When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah, Jehoshaphat's grandson, and Judah learned that his, his, her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. He was... The enemy was trying to get rid of that line because something crazy was coming down that line, which is Jesus. And he was trying his best to destroy that family line. So Jehoshaphat's compromise led to a lot of destruction in his, king, in his kingdom. If compromise and evil was not led in by his decisions to align himself with Ahab, his kingdom would have not fallen. All right, so can you see areas in your life where you've compromised and areas where Satan has come in? And you found yourself doing things that you never thought that you would do, okay? And has that benefited your life at all? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to tell like a, a little story. It's kind of funny. It's kind of humorous. But I, I was hanging out with some friends that I have from youth group. And it was right after youth group back in the day. I was probably like 18, 19. I should know better because I was a senior. Um, but I, I uh, afterwards, like, hey, man, we can go to Cary and just hang out at the park. And I was like, okay, all right. So I'm hanging out with them. And they're like, and they, they went by Walmart to get a bunch of tennis balls. Yeah, she knows the story. <laughs> uh, and got a bunch of tennis. I was like, what are y'all doing with tennis balls at the park? He said, you'll find out. And so they're hiding behind bushes. I already told my mama this. She already knows about this. So she, <laughs> I can't, I just can't go without telling mama. So they were hiding behind, and there was main road going through Cary, and they would just randomly throw tennis balls at cars and just it, it was innocent it wasn't like a baseball or anything it wasn't breaking anything but it would hit the front end the the, the front window and the cars would just kind of oh my gosh what was that you know and then they just keep going and so they, probably about five or six went by and they're like Cameron you need to do it and I was like nah man I'm good I was, that's stupid man I, I, come on man this is so much fun I'm like this is so stupid what in the world so they kept egging me on I was like all right so I just 
The next car came, and I just didn't even look, and I just threw it. Didn't even hit the car. It hit the antenna. It goes, I was like, oh, man, they didn't even see it. The dude didn't even break. Nothing just kept going on. About 10 minutes later, I hear behind me, flashlight, put your hands up. And I was like, oh. So I turned around, and I was like, yeah, okay, all right. So they're like, which one of you guys threw the tennis ball and hit my car? And I was like, oh, that was the cop car. I hit a police officer. I didn't even see it. I'm just like, what in the world? And I mean, it's not something I, I was like, I never saw myself doing this. But I was hanging out with Christian friends, Christian friends doing this mess. And it wasn't like crazy, like I was shooting up drugs or anything. But it was it. So I had to sit down. I'd never been in handcuffs my whole life. I just sat there, and he's like, let me get your license. Got my license. I'm freaking out. And so the cop was like, okay, all right. So if there's any damage done to any cars in Cary that is on this road, you're going to be responsible for it. And I'm just like, really? The one time that I compromise, I end up getting in the worst possible trouble that I could possibly. So I get home. I'm freaking out. I was like, Mom. Mom always said, if you tell me beforehand, you won't have as much consequences. And I, me, I can't sleep at night if I'd just done something really stupid like that. So I went straight to her. Thank God it didn't turn in anything. I didn't have to pay anything. I, have to, I didn't have no jail time. But I compromised, and I was doing stupid things I never thought I would be doing because of the people I was hanging out with. So um, the next point is the greater part of what we lend our ears to, we will follow. Could we be like Ahab in this story? So Second Chronicles 18.5 says, I'm just going to summarize this. Ahab summoned 400 Baal prophets asking if he should go to war against Ramoth Gilead. And all of them were saying to go ahead and go uh, and, and that God will give them the victory. So the servants of Baal were instructed to side. This is the interesting part. They were trained to side with whatever King Ahab wanted to hear. So these, Ahab, these Baal worshipers were yes men. So Ahab had 400 false prophets speaking into the ear that were trained to agree with whatever he was wanting to do. And only one true prophet from Yahweh was in the land named Micaiah, who was willing to, that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. So let, let's talk about these 400 prophets. Um, they were, I mean, if you look in here, it's probably like around 120. You got to think, probably triple the size of this, these people. And there's only one true follower of Yahweh that's willing to speak the truth. You have all of these people that are willing to speak false and agree with what Ahab was, was talking about. And, and you have one Micaiah, one true follower of Christ or f- follower of Yahweh. So I want to talk about uh, an instance where uh, I had a, uh, one of my first youth in youth group back in t- 2009. Uh, basically, this dude he, he, was, he was in church. He followed God. He really didn't commit his life to Christ. He didn't own his relationship with Jesus. And as he got older, he kind of dabbled into Christianity. Long story short, um, I became really like, he be, I, I became like a mentor to him. And he never really grasped his relationship with God until probably 2019. And I remember um, the day that he told me, he says, I found Jesus. So we came uh, he came over to my house, him and his wife. His wife was talking to Lindy. He says, man, I just want to talk s- deep to you about my relationship with Jesus. And I was so excited because I've never heard him talk about Jesus. 
And so we went on this long 30-minute walk, and he said, man, he's like, I just found Jesus and all this, these details and stuff. I finally found Jesus. I was so excited, and I prayed with him. And then within about a month, he moved away. He moved to Ohio. And in the city that he was at, it's predominantly unbelievers in that, in that district. And he, it was 2020 when he moved there. And, of course, you know, 2020, everybody's isolating themselves. And, and there he isolated himself to the point where he fell into this deep depression. And he started thinking about things, and he started connecting with people online, atheists and agnostics, an agnostic group on uh, Facebook, to the point where he completely turned his belief system into he was an atheist. I didn't even know this until later on, about six months ago, I started having a conversation with him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, since I'm an agnostic or an atheist now. And I was like, hold up, what? You just found Jesus. Like, what the heck is wrong with you, man? And he's like, well, you know, I started thinking about things, and and it's a long story, and he decided to be an agnostic. And I was like, what changed between six months ago and now? He says, well, you know, I just started surrounding myself with, like, people that think like me. I've always thought like this, and blah, 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 blah. And it just magnified what he was already believing on the inside, and he just went full throttle against God. And now he is a full-blown agnostic. Now, I, I will say this. I talk to him on a weekly, sometimes two, twice a week, just to speak truth into his life. Now, I, I'm telling you, it's not for the, the weak-hearted because he has some really intense questions that he had about God. And for the new believer, it would be kind of overwhelming. But the Word of God says to always have an answer. And if you don't know the answer, don't make up one. Go research, get the truth, and speak truth. And so now he's meeting, he's not an atheist. He's kind of middle ground. He believes that there possibly could be a God. But just pray for him. His name's Dan. I love him dearly, and I want to see him come back into the fold. His wife is, is, is saved as a firm believer, but they're, they're a house divided. But it just shows me that your environment and who you surround yourself with can dramatically change your eternity. If he would have, I, I believe it was not God's will for him to move to Ohio because he was isolated and he surrounded himself with unbelievers. If he would have stayed here, he would have grown in his relationship with Jesus and who knows what would have happened. So got to listen to the Holy Spirit, but also watch who you surround yourself with, okay? Um. Jehoshaphat did not want to consult the prophets of Baal because he knew that the truth was not in them. So he asked Ahab in verse 6 if there was anyone else to consult the Lord. And it says in verse, this verse, it says, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man that could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything good for me but trouble. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. Jehoshaphat replied, that's not a way to talk about a king. Let's, let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imla, to me. So while he was in transition of getting Micaiah, this, this, uh, one of the, the head honchos of the Baal prophets went and acted out this stupid thing. He had horns and everything, and he acted out. It's like how, how Ahab would totally destroy the Amalekites and the people that he was talking, you know, that he wanted to, to invade. And basically was a suck up. <laughs> he was like, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm going to agree with you. This is exactly how you're going to do it. And then, meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah, this is crazy said to him, look, and he was 
just about to go before King Ahab. And he says, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. He was telling him what to say to King Ahab. Hey, everybody else is saying that, 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 that we need to go and he's going to win. You need to agree with him. See, are we willing to bend the truth and compromise our ways so that we don't have to face being the odd one out? Makai was out number 400 to 1. Are you the only one in your family, job, group of friends that actually stands up and has the truth of Christ inside of you that has convictions? And are you willing to give in to those convictions and stand up for Jesus? In verse 13 through 15, I love what Micaiah says. He says, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what God says. That's so good. Micaiah warned Ahab that he would die if he actually attacked Ramoth Gilead in verses 18 through 27. And Ahab refused to listen and went to war anyway. And actually, it, you know, unfortunately, he ended up dying exactly how Micaiah would. And Micaiah said that he would. So even though Ahab was one of the most evil kings that ever ruled in Israel, he could never say that God never extended his love to warn him and repent from his ways and come back to him. God gave him a Micaiah, a messenger of truth in his life, but he wasted it because he simply didn't want to hear it. Okay, It wasn't what he wanted to do. Has God been speaking some hard truths to you? Have you been kind of unwilling to accept those hard truths in your life and saying, hey, there's an area of your life that I want to, I want to get in and I want to heal, but it's not what you want to hear. It's not what you want to accept. And have you been rebellious and stubborn-hearted? He has sent you a Micaiah, a pastor. A fr- I tell you what, I'm so glad that we have a pastor that is willing to put his, his neck on the line to speak the truth that not everybody is speaking. Pastor, thank you. I, I'm, I'm so glad to be under a, a pastor that is willing to put his, I mean, reputation, everything on the line to speak the word of truth. Do you have friends, coworkers, and maybe a family member that has been speaking truth in your life and you've been ignoring it, okay? Um, if we choose to ignore these people God has placed in our lives, we become just like Ahab in this story. And the consequences of not listening could be deadly, and just like Ahab. Um, I remember growing up, there was some interesting people that I used to hang out with. This was on top of these other friends that almost got me arrested. There was, there was some worst ones in youth group that tried to do some crazy, like encouraged me to do some crazy things. And my mom, she knew. She was like, hey, I just want to let you know, you probably shouldn't be hanging out with this, these, this person right here, this person right here. Uh, I don't have a good feeling about them. I just want to let you, I'm praying them out of your life. So don't be, don't be alarmed if they end up moving away. I was like, mom, stop praying. These are my good friends. <laughs> and it, it, I'm telling you, man, so glad to have a praying mama. Within a year, both of these dudes moved, actually went to the army. One almost died because of the things that he was trying to get me involved in as far as drugs. He almost died doing the things that he was doing. So I'm telling you, like, it's good to have a praying mama that kind of prays these people up, but also if, his, if God is dealing with you to stop hanging out with certain people or not aligned with certain people maybe in a business deal uh, or not speaking up for truth, like I'm telling you, it could cost you your life. It could cost you your family. It could cost your finances. 
if you're not listening to those Micaiahs that God has placed in your life, those, those people that are, tr- that are truth speakers in your life. Are we willing to let go of, this is a good one, are we willing to let go of our heritage, our racial biases, and go against the culture of our upbringing to listen to the truth of what God is trying to get across to us? Ahab's heart had become so callous to the voice of God that he didn't even recognize when he was being lied to and when the truth was actually being spoken to him. Why? This next statement is because the majority of people that were speaking into his life were liars and just wanted a paycheck from him. They were paid to lie to King Ahab, and they were using him. Are you, do you have people in your life that are yes people, that are speaking lies in your life, just what you want to hear? Or do you have people that are speaking truth? The question is, do we have yes men or women around us speaking into our lives, or do we have people that will tell us the raw truth? My last point is, could we be yes men? Could we be these prophets that, that are in the Bible in this, in this particular story? Could we be the bell prophets in the story? Do we always say yes to everything that's being thrown at us because we're afraid of speaking up for uh, truth in our convictions? Are we simply too lazy to go to God about what we're dealing with and he's going to say, and we just don't want to hear what he has to say and our flesh is, is kind of like, oh, man, I, I don't want to hear that truth. So Tim Ross is this guy I follow on Instagram. He says, you can't really say you love somebody until you can risk offending them with the truth. Tell me the truth, even if it hurts to hear it. Tell me the truth, even if it disappoints me. Tell me the truth, even if my heart breaks. Just tell me the truth. Okay, that was good. That's a true Micaiah. Okay, that's, that's somebody that like, man, I, you know what? I could risk my relationship with you, telling you what I know you need to hear. And that takes courage. That takes courage to put your friendship on the line because, and also maybe it's your job. Maybe, you know, you know some things that are going on and you're staying at this job because you like the paycheck, um, but you know that the company is doing some shady things that are, that are rubbing your convictions. I, I was involved in a company that was supposed to be a mentorship company I'm not going to say what it was, but it was back in 2007. And I just knew that there was some evil things going on. I wasn't doing them, but I knew that there was people above me that were doing some really, really bad things. And I just, I told Lenny, I said, I can't work for a company that the boss is doing this, these things. And I said, babe, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have another job to go to. And she said, well, follow the Holy Spirit. And I just put in my resignation and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't. And I didn't go into it. I wish I would have just kind of said, hey, you're doing this, it's not right, blah, blah, blah. And then within two months, the state came in and arrested, like, all of the, all of the managers, the CEO, and I'm so glad I, I got out of it because who knows, I would have been involved in that. And so it just let me know, they're like, you know what, it's not all about a paycheck. It's not all about money. It's about standing up for what is right, okay? Um, getting ready to close, um, that relationship, your place of employment, your family doesn't need another bail prophet. They don't need another yes man. They need to hear the words of truth in their life. They need a Micaiah, all right? They need a Catherine. They need a Taylor. They need a Jonathan. They need, they need a Mira. They need an Iris. And they, they need a Micaiah. They need someone that's going to speak truth into their life. And then my last point is you may be the only Micaiah that they ever hear. And if you don't stand up for truth, it may be they never, they never meet Jesus. 
because you're not willing to speak raw truth. Now, let me just say something, because you're like, man, I, I just need to go in and speak truth, and you speak truth in anger, and you could totally mess up what Jesus is trying to do. When you confront somebody, you confront somebody before you need to pray before you go and confront somebody. You don't, you don't go in anger because Satan could get in there and ruin everything that the, that the Holy Spirit is trying to do in this person. So go in there humbly and just say, hey, this is what I feel. This is what, hey, I feel like I need to speak this. You can take it or leave it. So go in there humbly with the love of Christ, but stand up. Be a Micaiah, okay? I'm going to leave you all with some action points, all right? So number one, evaluate the people you align yourself with or things you do. Does it bring blessings or destruction? Uh, could you be a Jehoshaphat in this story? Number two is evaluate the people that influence you. Do you have someone that is speaking honest truth in your life or just what you want to hear? Um, what is the majority of influence in your life? I remember, I forgot to tell this story. I didn't have it. I had a, a, a mentor of mine when I was like 19 or 20. We were out, out to eat. And I was hanging out with a bunch of my friends, and my youth pastor was sitting all the way at the end. And I was cracking up. If y'all know me, I like to joke around. Sometimes I take it too far. And that was one of the, and it was in public. And I just, I made a joke that was not appropriate. And it was when I had my baby pampers on, you know what I'm saying? You know those moments where you're like, man, I just pooped in my pants in front of everybody. And uh, so I looked at him. I knew what I said and what I did was wrong. And I looked at him, and he just looked, I mean, he just looked straight through me. And he's, he just looked at the waitress's check, please. And I just, uh He didn't have to say anything. But he was like, I don't condone what you just did. And I, and I just I put my head down. I looked up. I said, man, you don't have to go. He says, I'm not going to be associated with, like this. And he says, if you're going to do this in public, I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to be associated with this kind of Jesus. And I'm so glad that he wasn't willing to be my friend at that moment. He was willing to be almost a father whipping me in public because I needed it. And if do you, I, I want to question, do you have people that are willing to speak truth in your life, even though it could humiliate you in public? Okay? I'm glad I, I'm glad I have pastor that can just, hey, let me just let you know what you... I'm glad that I have people that will rub against me the, 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 the things that I know that I need to work on, that they're willing to speak truth in my life. If you don't have people that are willing to speak truth in your life, please pray for them. Go after them. I would say go after people that you want to be like and say, hey, can I be underneath you? Can you? I give you permission to speak truth in my, into my life, even though it may hurt. Okay? So my last point is evaluate your own personal life in the context of sticking to your convictions and standing for what you believe, are you compromising in areas of your life you never thought you would? I just want to let you know there is hope in Jesus to make everything right today, okay? Y'all can stand with me. Jesus, we, we love you. We thank you that your conviction is meant to draw us away from ourselves and draw us closer and closer to you. And Holy Spirit, I just feel that you have been uh, working on the inside of many of us. There have been things that we've been compromising for years. And God, I pray that you would bring 
those impure things, those impure thoughts, those, those deeds that we've been doing behind closed doors. Bring them to the surface. And Lord, we lay them at your feet. I'm including me myself. I, we're not perfect. I'm just putting all of us on, on, the, on, the, on the altar. Lord Jesus, we want to become pure and holy towards you, Jesus. Lord, if there's anything in our heart, Lord God, that, is, that we've been compromising, Lord, we lay it at your feet. God, I pray that you would help us to, to get things right with you if we don't know you on a personal level. God, I pray that today, Lord, that we would know you in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to not become like these bell prophets, Lord, that are yes men, that say yes to everything that comes. Lord, help us to stand up for our convictions. Lord, help us not to fall into the trap of not listening to the convictions of you, just like Ahab didn't. God, I pray that you would work in our lives, work in our families to draw us closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name, if we need to have hard conversations with certain people, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to do those today, whether it be forgiving, whether admitting certain things, Lord God, to these, to whoever we've, we've hurt, I pray that you would help us to get those things right before you. In Jesus' name.